Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another exciting week. Many things going on. Many things happening in the world. Forget the world. Many things happening in this country, our country, and with our neighbor in Canada. Uh, Trump's in deep, I won't use the word trouble, uh, based on his tax returns and financial statements that broke today. And we'll be talking about that. We're going to be pretty well limited today. We're not going to go uh, so much to Europe. We're going to be in Ottawa. We're going to be in Havana. But otherwise, we're going to be in the, in the United States, New York City, Florida, Key West, Indiana, and Mar-a-Lago. So let's start with what broke today. This is breaking news. Uh, has to do with Trump, his tax returns, his financial statements to banks. It's catching up with him. We have known for several years, if not many years, even before he was a politician, that the man inflated uh, his financial statements to banks to get more money. And on the very same properties where he inflated the figures, that same year, probably within a month sometimes, he knocked the figures down uh, on his tax returns so he'd have less taxes to pay. Well, that is against the law, ain't no question. Uh, And who knew if it was ever going to catch up with them, but apparently it is, okay? Now, what's happened is this. Trump has had the same accounting firm uh, for the years 2011 to 2020. 2011 to 2020. May have had them for other years, but these are the 10 years that we are concerned with tonight. And the company is Mazaras, Mazaras USA, Mazaras USA. They have been his CPAs. Let me tell you something. Having been a businessman of sorts, practicing law, you know, my firm was very busy. And I learned early on you have to have a top gun accountant CPA. I did nothing without my CPA. I wouldn't buy a box of pens. I wouldn't authorize a new computer purchase. I would authorize nothing unless my CPA reviewed it first and approved. You have to do it that way if you want to stay legitimate. Anyhow, what's happened is this. We know that the New York State Attorney General okay, has been investigating uh, Trump's financial statements uh, for purposes of a civil suit by the state of New York, against the Trump organizations. And Mazur's sent a letter to Donald Trump dated February 9th, and Mazur's, the accountant, also forwarded a copy of the letter to the New York State Attorney General. I would doubt that Trump might have forwarded it on to the New York State Attorney General. In any event, Mazur, his accountants, his CPAs for oh so many years and oh so many situations and said we can no longer okay stand behind these statements for the last 10 years that we prepared on your behalf okay we you should not rely on those statements those financial statements we do not recommend that you do so 
Wow, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the letter said very clearly to Donald Trump, his accountants, that, and I quote, our advice to you is to no longer rely on those statements, quote, unquote. So Donald's got a problem. <laughs> He's got a real problem with the New York State Attorney General. It's only civil litigation. <clears throat> It'll amount to million, billions of dollars, I would say, in back taxes, uh He's going to get sued by banks. Everything like that's got to happen in this situation. It's crumbling. It's crumbling. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall again uh, with that uh, February 9th letter. And ain't nobody, all the king's horsemen, all the king's men, ain't going to put Donald back together again. Ultimately, this has to cause him trouble. The New York State District Attorney is working in cahoots. uh, And nothing wrong with it with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, who is going after Trump criminally for the same things. So Donald's got himself a master problem. He always knew he had it. The world knew he had it. But we never got a hold. The world never got a hold of his financials. Now, if somebody's got him, because the CPA wouldn't have written the letter he did on February 9th, and, uh, you know, the wall, he fell off the wall. I don't think he's going to be able to get back on. I want to talk to you about an interesting article by Best Lovin' in Vanity Fair. My friends, I recommend Best Lovin' to you. She writes a column every week in Vanity Fair. Absolutely outstanding investigative reporter. I quote her often in this show. I quote her often in my daily blog. Newest thing that came out, article <laughs> this week, titled, Ron DeSantis, he's our governor here in Florida. He's the guy who wants to be president if uh, Trump doesn't get it. And, and he, he's in line, and he may get the nomination. He is worse than Donald Trump. The man is demented, I kid you not. Now, she said, and I quote in the title, Ron DeSantis signals he'd be open to making Florida an anti-gay hellhole. In other words... He has come out, in effect, and said, I am anti-gay. How can anyone say they're anti-gay in this day and age? I mean, gays can get married in many states, same-sex marriage. And I'll tell you this. My generation's a different story. I had to learn to not be gay. But I'm 86 years old. Uh, once I came down here to live, it was gone being anti-gay. Everybody's the same, I learned. Uh, but that was 30 years ago. Uh, but it's well known that people in their 20s and 30s today, they don't care if a person's gay. They were delighted that homosexuals could get married, same-sex, uh, uh, same-gender marriages. Uh, so... Uh, Rat DeSantis is coming up with the wrong thing at this time, I think. But that's his business, okay? Especially, you know, down in South Florida here, we have Key West, which is a gay community. Not as gay as it was when I first arrived 30 years ago for a number of reasons, but still gay. Ain't no question about it. And then you got Miami, my God. Fort Lauderdale's got even more. Uh, so what the hell is he doing? He's going to lose a lot of, of votes. Anyhow, he has uh, a bill that is going through right now the legislature, 
and it's called, in popular terms, Don't Say Gay Bill. And basically what we are talking about is uh, he does not want, okay, he wants a ban talking about a ban and talking about gender identity and sexual orientation in Florida's primary schools. That's stupid. It's a part of society. It's a part of life. Got to talk about it. Schools are to educate our young. You might as well educate them. It's a fact of life that this is legal. What about the children who are going to be in primary school and their parents are gay, homosexual, and they're married, and now their kids are adopted, they're going to go to school and find out they, they can't learn about their parents. There has to be some shame involved. Maybe the other kids now will turn on them because of this. It's a horrible situation that DeSantis is putting into effect, but it does not surprise me, all right? He has been doing so many stupid things since he became uh, Florida's governor. It's hard to believe, all right? All right, so that's the story there, and I can't, again, I can't believe this guy. He is total destruction. He is worse than Donald Trump. Going to talk now about an issue. I I wrote about it four times this week at length in my blog, Uh, and I'm talking about it tonight, and I may be a little long on the issue, but I think it is an important one and one that we must understand clearly, because today, Canada, tomorrow, the United States. That's simple, because what I'm going to talk about, Canada, is already happening in France, all right? And in some, I think, Germany and some other countries. Uh, it, it happened in Australia, okay, in Australia, New Zealand, all at the same time, about two weeks ago. It broke the same weekend. So there's something going on here. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Canadian trunk, truck rather, convoys, the tractor trailers blocking the roads, uh, uh, Canadian highways at the Ambassador Bridge, okay, which connects the United States and Canada. Understand, my friends, that the United States' greatest, greatest uh, commercial partner trading partner is Canada. And Canada's greatest trading partner is the United States. And these tractor trailers started off in Ottawa, as you well know, and they blocked the main streets in Ottawa. I mean, completely across width. Cars couldn't go up and down, only the tractor trailers. And tractor trailers are those big things, okay? And they left them there. And these guys would stay up all night, blowing their horns, raising hell. And the interesting thing about this that started in Ottawa was they said they were doing this. They said they were doing this, the, the drivers of the trucks, because they were against the restrictive mandates regarding COVID that had been instituted in Canada. They were primarily against mandated vaccines. Mandated vaccines. Let me tell you why this is interesting. I'm laughing as I say it. Ninety percent of the people in Canada are vaccinated. You heard me. Canada right away took the vaccinations. Ninety percent of the people in Canada are vaccinated. We don't even have it here. Were we up to 64 percent now? Uh, 
they they respected, they understood, they had a problem, they dealt with it, and nobody had to break their arms. But there are, in some instances, they were mandated, and they are opposed, these truck drivers, now to mandated vaccines when 90% of the country's vaccinated. They must have become aware of the error of their ways because within a week they had changed the name. They weren't against anymore mandated vaccines directly. The issue now was freedom. And so they uh, relabeled their effort, the Freedom Truck Convoy. Now, some of the things that happened, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit because there's so much that happened here. First thing you must understand, the type of country, the type of nation Canada is. I was fortunate to be able to do business with Canadian people. I also made friends, and I used to go up there to socialize. Uh, Different breed from us, different breed. Uh, Many of them... uh, come down here during the season. I made friends with them. I would go up to visit them in Canada in the summertime. Totally different world. Canada, land-wise, is larger, much larger than the United States. Population-wise, it is much smaller. Canada isn't the military power in any possible way, in any comparison to the United States, and they know this. We're the big brother, and they respect their position, and they understand it. They are very humble when they talk about us. They show the greatest respect for the United States and American citizens, whether it be at the checkout counter in the supermarket, behind the meat counter, uh, in the drugstores, getting gas. Uh, everyone I met, every, the people I did business with, the people I did, and the social people, it was all terrific. And I, I, I felt bad I, I, because... They were saying, in effect, we are inferior to you, but we understand it, and we don't mind it because it's a fact. Anyhow, they also don't screw around. If something has to be done, the Canadian people do it right away. Whereas in this country, something happens, well, we go to court first. We don't bother dealing with it immediately. They go to court. We go to court. Then there's got to be an appeal, and there's this and that. In the meantime, the trucks would sit in the street for 18 years. I'm exaggerating, but you get my point. Well, Trudeau, the leader of uh, Canada, wasn't going to put up with this crap, nor were the Canadian people. And these were Canadian truck drivers, by the way. We'll differentiate in a few moments. And there's an old law in Canada was renamed around 1980, uh, called, it's now called the Emergency Act. Never been enforced, never called upon ever. Trudeau has invoked the Emergency Act to deal with this problem with the trucks, tractor trailers. And, uh, very simple. Let me tell you what it, it covers. It defines a national emergency as a temporary situation that, and I quote, severely endangers the lives, health, or safety of Canadians and is of such proportions or nature as to exceed the capacity or authority of a province to deal with it. Now, when this thing first broke two weeks ago, the police chiefs around Canada said, we don't have the authority to deal with this. And I couldn't understand it. Police have the authority to deal with anything that's wrong. But in Canada, the laws don't work that way. They have special authorization to deal with this type problem. 
Well, they got it. <laughs> they don't screw around in Canada, I told you. They don't screw around. Let me interject here and share with you my thoughts, which I wrote in one of my blogs this week. Whether it's in the United States or Canada, I wouldn't have put up with this with this garbage, with this crap these people are pulling. Because what they did was they, they, they've affected commerce. They affected auto plants in Detroit and the United States because we couldn't get parts from Canada. Auto uh, manufacturers had to close down in Canada because they couldn't get uh, parts. Whole, little businesses, mom, pa, grocery store, you know, the coffee shops, they had to close down because the plants were closed down. Nobody was coming to their plants for lunch or what have you or breakfast. Uh, very bad situation here. It was costing the bridge alone, the closing of the Ambassador Bridge alone was costing combined $360 million a day to the United States and Canada combined. No joke, this stuff, okay? I would have gone out, and I would have ripped the hell out of the tractor trailers. Understand that these trucks that are involved, they aren't corporately owned and operated. Uh, they aren't part of a union. Uh, these are independents. I know independents. I was involved in many accidents representing and against uh, tractor-trailer drivers. When they had an accident, boy, let me tell you, it was a, was a super-duper one, only because of the size of the animal they're driving. Uh, anyhow, uh, they, uh, where was I here? Oh, I, I wouldn't put up with this garbage. I, my thought was that I wrote, I would have gone. I don't have a key for any of these trucks. Don't need it. I, I would get into the truck, pull the drivers out if I have to, if the doors are locked, break open, go in, go into the dashboard, pull the wires, cross them, start up the tractor. Then pull them out and bring them to fields, wide fields with bumps in them and little hills. And I'd park the things not in a straight line. I would park them with the, the trucks facing each other, side by side, crosswise, so that next to impossible to get these vehicles out. Next to impossible. All right? So these guys are going to lose money. Now understand, they're independents. That tractor trailer is their only source of business. Without it, they don't put food on the table. They don't eat. All right? Most of these vehicles are still financed. What are they going to do? They're going to hurt big time. Well, if you give me pain, I've got to give you pain back. Think of the people in the auto factories. Think of the people in those peripheral businesses who were hurting, okay, and had to be laid off. Some of the plants closed. This is horrible. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back because that's the only way these people would learn. I don't know what the hell they were doing otherwise here, all right? So let them hurt financially. Well, what happened? Well, very simply, <laughs> Uh, the, the laws, the authorization for the police to act were passed immediately. And the police, listen to what I'm going to say, were given the authority to, and I quote, sabotage the trucks. Sabotage the trucks, okay? Sabotage their heavy equipment. Well, that, that's pretty strong stuff, but we have a strong situation to deal with. Now, what did they do? Uh, some of the things they did were quite interesting. 
and sabotage. I'm laughing. I shouldn't laugh. Someone's property's damaged, but it's true here. They sabotaged the excavate the excavators, uh, the track the trucks themselves, uh, those that were parked on not only public highways but on private land. Okay, by cutting wires to the vehicles. That's it. By removing filters in the vehicles. And this one really made me smile. They sprayed foam in the gas lines. They would you believe that? But they dealt with shit here. That's not shit. Wasn't dealing with shit. They dealt in the same fashion with the truck drivers as the truck drivers were dealing with the people of Canada. And they were told. They were told. And I quote: The government told them. If you choose to use your vehicles to create chaos, you will lose that vehicle and your license. And your license. Well, Saturday night, they really went at it. I mean, they were damaging the trucks, plugging up the fuel lines, doing all that kind of stuff, arresting people. By the way, protesters came out on the roads to support these people. They didn't have trucks, but they came out in support. I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 overnight at the Ambassador Bridge. Anyhow, uh, they came out Saturday night at the police, and they started doing those things to the tractor trailers. Do you know? Now, I, I, it had to happen. I would have guessed it if I had gotten that far in my thought process. By dawn the next day, dawn Sunday morning, all these hundreds, if not a thousand, tractor trailers in the vicinity, the roads leading up to, and the Ambassador Bridge itself, we're down to two pickup trucks, would you believe it, and less than a dozen protesters. They got in those trucks and they drove the hell away. They weren't going to let their vehicles be damaged for the very same reasons I shared with you a few moments ago. And that's how the Canadians dealt with the problem and got rid of it. We sit on our asses in this country, and we, we go through all the various legal processes, and I don't know if I have authority to do this. I can't do that. Go after them. Whoever is breaking our laws like this, and we have many who do it to us here, we have trouble in this country, worry about what the courts are going to say later on. Don't wait to get the court's permission first. Got to do it. Now, we have some Americans in this country, members of the extreme conservative right, who are on the side of these truck drivers. Two, just to give you an example, two senators. Rand Paul, Rand Paul, he said, and I quote, Clog up the cities. He's all for this. Clog up the cities. Plug them up, he's saying in Canada. And if they ever get to the United States, I'm assuming he's going to say, clog up our highways. And then there's Ted Cruz. He's gone, he's, he's gone, he was a pretty good guy many years ago when he started in this business. He's gone steadily downhill, now rapidly downhill. He supports them, he said. They are freedom fighters. Let them block his highways, and his town in Texas. He won't be able to take off uh, for some Caribbean island, Cancun, I think he went to when they had the, the bad weather back home. Uh, he ain't going to be able to hide any place because he ain't going to be able to get out of town because everything's blocked up, and they're going to be at his front door, his neighbors, his friends, his former supporters. Battleship Maine, big down here, big, this past week. The battleship Maine in the year 1898, on a day in the past week in the year 1898, 
blew up, exploded in Havana Harbor. It was assumed Spain was responsible. Uh, and this led in a very short period of time to the Spanish-American War. Now, this was a very serious happening. More than 200 American sailors were killed. More than 200 American sailors were killed by, in that explosion. All right? And again, you can understand we, why we ended up going to war with them, with Spain. There is a connection to Key West historically, a small one. We have the Custom House in Key West. Any of you who have been there, it's a magnificent building on the water, brick, huge. Uh, it's now a, mass, a museum. But in 1898, it had been open only a year or two and was called the Custom House. And that's why it bears the same name today. It was a federal building, the federal court, the post office, are you with me? Whatever departments had to deal with ships coming in and out of the harbor, it was all there in this building. There was a naval board of inquiry to determine why the Maine went down. And that national board of inquiry and made, sat and made their decision, issued their findings from at and from the Custom House in Key West. Bum Fardo. You've heard of Bum Fardo. I mean, you come to Key West, every T-shirt store has his T-shirt in the window. Bum Fardo, where are you? Or where are you, Bum Fardo? Uh, interesting story. Uh, he, he A few days ago, in the year 1976, he was found guilty on three drug violations and faced a maximum, this was in federal court, of 31 years in prison. Long time. And there's a period of time, definitely in federal court, between conviction and when you have to report for sentencing because you haven't been sentenced yet. In the meantime, the judge, probation people have to decide how long you're supposed to get under the law, et cetera. Now, you have to understand who he was. You have to appreciate it. He was the fire chief. He was the big pimp in town. He had a big, I don't know, it was an orange, green packet or something like that. Uh, and he used to pick up and deliver his girls, all right? He was the leading pimp in town. He was in the drug business between Havana, and they used to bring it in here, and then he helped to ship it up north. He was uh, pushing illegal booze from the Caribbean through Key West. And, these, you know, the guy wasn't a nice guy. He was a bad guy. And he got caught, and he was going to have to pay the penalty. Eventually, several weeks from now in the year 1976, he disappeared. He, he backed out of his driveway from his home. He was alone in his car. And he was going to his sentencing in Miami in federal court. And no one saw him again. Some people saw his car get in the road. They never saw the car again. Uh, there was a tractor trailer out there. A tractor trailer were in vogue, were in vogue then. And this sounds like Jimmy Hoffa, by the way. He ended up in a tractor trailer. And no one ever saw Jimmy Hoffa again. They think he's under a concrete abutment on some uh, new, new highway at the time in New Jersey. Uh, many think Bumfardo is under a concrete highway also. They're birds of a feather. These, this happened to both of them in the same year, I think. Or on the other hand, many people recognize how smart Bumfardo was, and they believe he might have ended up on some small remote Caribbean island with a bevy of beautiful women around him and spent the rest of his days in pure enjoyment. 
whatever. Bump Fardo, where are you? Okay, now we have a great woman here. We, you know, this is a this is I say this, people laugh at me. Key West is a conservative community, not the conservative far right. Conservative of yesterday, quiet, lawful, respectful, not political, just quiet, lawful, respectable people. Good place to raise your family. I've said this many times. Once you get off Duval Street, which is honky-tonk, the town is great. It's small, two by four miles. Uh, And the people who live in this community rarely go to Duval Street. (laughs) It's amazing because it's honky-tonk. There's too many nice places they can go to where they don't have to deal with the touristy, the tourists, that's our business here, I'm not knocking it, who are on Duval Street. Anyhow, her name is Katrina Maddock. I have to talk fast, I'm running out of time. She was one of 17 uh, United States teachers who has been awarded the Presidential Award of Excellence in Math and Science. She is going to have, she's going to go and get her medal around her neck from President Biden, all expenses paid in Washington. She also gets a $10,000 prize. She's been a science teacher for many years here. She teaches the fifth grade in the Gerald Adams Elementary School. God bless her, but this is the type of people we have in Key West. We've had other people who have won similar awards. My time is gone. I finished for the evening. I didn't get through my material. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you found it informative. You don't have to agree with me, but whatever I said, those are my thoughts. Thank you, my friends, and good night. Till next.